Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub of the Manaqua Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Manaqua is Kirk Bangstead of the Manaqua Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Won't you let me die? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. And I'm Sarah Yacoub of the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack. We are without Pat Kreitlow this week. He's out traveling and he will be back next week. So, Kirk, you and I get to have some fun because our yeah. parents are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat Kreitlow is really the glue that holds this show together. So we are like, yeah, it's like it's like we're like the kids that have to make dinner for ourselves and we've never done that before. So, <laughs> so Pat, Pat, I hope you're having fun in the down South with your wife and I hope everything's very romantic because, uh, because you, you're going to owe us when you come home. <laughs> so, okay, Sarah. So, um, tonight, because we knew it was just the two of us, we wanted to focus on, uh, campaign finance reform and the stuff that the Monaco Brewing Company Super PAC has done to kind of aggregate who is donating to people who we think are traitors to our country, which include Tom Tiffany, the Congress, you know, our congressman from the seventh district in Wisconsin and Ron Johnson. Um, and we aggregate it by company because we're like, you know, if citizens action, the Supreme Court decision is going to tell, tell us that corporations are people then uh, that we should be able to hold those corporations accountable when their people, their presidents, their vice presidents, their, you know, their C-suite uh, group uh, are the ones donating to people who want to bring our country down. So that's what we're going to talk about. But I felt like in this like first little intro period, we usually talk about the Packers or, or the weather. But I wanted to ask you, because you started doing, you you know, you, we joined forces like last February or March, and we put this we put this first graph, these graphs out about donors for Tiffany and uh, Johnson, and we had some learning curves on how to figure out how this stuff. So tell me some of the some of the nerve wracking and funny stuff that happened when when you had to like do because you did most of this research uh, in the beginning. So t t I mean, remind me what we yeah. went through. Um, so, um, well, for one, what makes it so cool is that we're holding people accountable. We're giving people the information so that we can actually do something. Cause after citizen at citizen United, it was, we're pretty much powerless or that was the net effect. But yeah, so I spent a lot of time on the phone with the FEC. I feel like I have a friend there. Um, so he can help me <laughs> understand my, my head from my rear. Um, but we, you know, for those of you who have never seen an FEC spreadsheet, we're talking an amorphous amount of data and, there are places where it is duplicative, where it's not clear that's duplicative. So, you know, it's a large spreadsheet. You try to wheedle it down so it can start to make sense. But if you accidentally take out, you know, one of the columns that differentiates what kind of contribution it is, you're going to set yourself up to double count. Um, and so, yeah, we got ourselves into some hot water where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. I'm so yeah, sorry. It, there was like, yeah, there was like, a couple donors to Tom Tiffany who had donated like 20 bucks a pop, yes. but somehow, somehow they ended up donating like $4,000 or something. And they ended up on a graph and they, they're like, what the heck? 
Why you yeah. keep killing us? So we apologize. We did our due diligence. Oh. My great story is, and then we got to go to commercial, is um, that this Hupi and Abraham, it's like the biggest personal injury law firm in the state. Like I'm in Costa Rica surfing and this Abraham guy like calls me up because I, we listed Hupi and Abraham as one of the donors because they've got, they've got an office in Wausau and they, Hupi donated a lot of money to uh, Ron Johnson. So the other guy calls me up. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, you're, you're, you should ask him what he's doing. So we actually got to go to a commercial. We're going to talk to uh, Lon Newman, retired executive director of uh, family planning health after the break. Well, Sarah, you were supposed to come in after the first oh, money. I was like rocking out to our music here. Uh, welcome back. That's all right. That's all right. We're trying to court, we're trying to do a choreographed show, but apparently, apparently, we didn't quite hit it this time. Sarah got mesmerized by a little Pink Floyd. Welcome back to the Up North podcast. I'm Sarah Yakub. And I'm Kirk Bankstead. And of course, we're talking about campaign finance reform. We're talking about money and politics. So Pink Floyd. And his the song money is gonna gonna bring us in there. Um, so let me let me get some stuff out of the way first. Uh, this is a part of the show where our friend who left us, uh, Pat Kreitlow, normally takes a moment to thank our radio hosts at News Talk ninety two point seven in Madison, our broadcast home every Wednesday at seven. You can also use the Devil Radio app to catch our show. Now, we also make this thing a podcast, so uh, we, we edit it down and we beam it up to northern Wisconsin, and you can catch us on the weekends on our website, which is upnorthpodcast.com, and all the usual places like Spotify and Apple and everything that uh, you subscribe to podcasts. So now I wanted to introduce a relatively new friend to me, but not a but an old friend to women's productive rights in Wausau, Wisconsin. So Lon Newman is his name. And not only was Lon the executive director for family planning health services for the, with corporate offices in Wausau, he served as a president of the Wisconsin Family Planning and Reprodu Reproductive Health Association, which represented 28 family planning providers in Wisconsin for a long time. And while we have yet to perform together by a campfire, which we've sworn we'll do at some point, because Lon is a great, great guitar player and singer, I have learned enough about him to know that he's a very wise man, and he has seen a lot in his days in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, and a lot of politics go through there. So that's why I invited him, because we did, we, we did this big graph of all of the major donors from the 7th Congressional District, um, to Tom Tiffany, and we published it a few days ago. And I thought for the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this crash and burn guy that is like, how can you donate money to a guy who fomented the insurrection uh, on January 6th? Like, like you saw it on the TV. Uh, you saw him say that you saw him vote thumbs down to confirm Biden as the president of the United States. Like, like, even if you're a Republican, like, how, how are you going to donate money to Tom Tiffany uh, after that? And so, as you know, that's what we exist as a super PAC to point that stuff out. But I thought that, you know, maybe Lon, 
because he's he spent a lot more time in Wausau than I have, and he he might know some of these businesses. He could he could kind of give us more of a background of why he thinks rich Republicans in Wausau do what they do. So so welcome to the show, Lon. Uh, welcome to the show, and then I'll have uh, Sarah read you these read us these companies. But I wanted, to, I wanted just to say hi first before Sarah does. Hi. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I'm very pleased to be here. So thanks <laughs> for having me. Thanks, Lon. It's great having you. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I, I just remember some fun times in a backyard by Fence Lake. All right. So, so Sarah, tell us, show our audience, uh, tell our audience who, who are the list of these companies are in our graph. So what we did for our listeners is go through the FEC data, figure out the companies that are in the 7th Congressional District, and then start looking at the donations of the top execs, presidents, owners, and their family members, uh, and started aggregating all of those employee donations. And we created a chart that then provided the contact information for these companies. So let's dive in. Um, Uline, no surprise there. Their aggregate total among their employees was 11,600. Now, Uline, the U-Lines are down in Illinois, but they've got a big shop in Hudson and have a very vocal political presence with their big campus and their big and, sign. And they own the town of Manitowish Waters, let's be honest. Ugh. So next we have Incredible Bank. Uh, their aggregate total was 11,600. County Materials, 2,900. They're out of Marathon City. Roll Transport up in Marshfield, $2,900 is their aggregate. Wausau Homes, they are a repeat offender, $2,800 among their, their employees. <laughs> Aspirus, this one wounds me deeply. They are a medical clinic and their educated doctors are contributing to Tom Tiffany, $2,000. But it has gotten better. It was worse when we started. Brickners of Wausau, $1,000. Rindel Printing, 1000 bucks. Vandergeest Dairy, thousand bucks, and Volm Companies, a thousand bucks. I will also throw in the Green Heck Fan Company. They're based out of Schofield. They give a considerable amount of money as well. So keep an eye out for an updated chart. All right, Lon, you, you've these companies have been around a long time. River Valley Bank before Incredible Bank. That's that's what was the name for the last long time. What do you, what is what is that? What, what do you have to say about that? Give me your, give me, give me your thoughts. <laughs> well, I have, I have quite a lot to say as usual. Uh, the first thing I would say is that, you know, I kind of made, uh, had some success with um, getting things done politically for women's reproductive health and women's reproductive rights. Now, having said that, you know, I'm not necessarily Mr. Corporate Chamber of Commerce America. But I, I was in the chamber in Wausau for several years, and I was even active. You, you'll get a kick out of this, and I won't tell too many stories about this. In the Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce for no many, way. a few years. Yes, because I was trying to get them to approve insurance coverage for you know pregnant uh, women and um, to ins uh, improve insurance company uh, coverage for birth control and uh, uh, preventive reproductive health care. So there's a lot of stories I have there. So I do have some business context, but on the, on the main sort of public policy political thing, there, there's one, one sort of um, uh, aphorism that I used that I thought was very successful, which is 
we think of politicians as leaders, but they're not leaders. They're followers sometimes of the lowest order. <laughs> and what we need to do to be successful with almost all of them is find them a way to do what we want them to do with no or minimal risk to themselves or their political careers. Now, on that theory, this is kind of helps to explain how these businesses donate. And I want to say these amounts, I don't want to be too monkey wrenchy, but you know, these are pittances compared to, you know, he raised $250,000, he's got PAC money expenditures. These are access dollars, in my opinion, to get these businessmen into the rooms. And I've, I've been in these rooms, not necessarily as a businessman, but more as an advocate. And to get them into the room, to have the conversation, to uh, protect their own, I'm going to say, business interests politically. And for the most part, I'm going to be really nasty here. These business people don't know very much about politics, public policy, or any of that, nor do they care. But they do care about What's the tax impact? What are the regulatory impacts? And I need to get into the room to sit down with Tom Tiffany so he doesn't or helps me make things better for my company. That's why that's why they're making these contributions. It's I hear, not patriotism. I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, I when we released this graph, I said, you know, I by the way, like my mortgage for the Monaco Brewing Company, I got my SBA loan through an incredible bank. Like I knew their mortgage lender in Monaco and, and they were, you know, and I was like, they were my partners. And so when this thing first came out, when we did this, I think in March and they had donated a fair amount. Oh, and, and you're right. All these numbers are pittance, like 11,000, 1,000. Um, we aggregated like most of the money that Tom Tiffany raises doesn't come from the seventh congressional right. district. Right. <laughs> I mean, because right. the average income of the people in the seventh congressional district is like $30,000 a year. There's not a whole lot of wealth right. in the seventh congressional district, which is even a bigger problem when, when outside interests are propping up the guys running for Congress. Because right. Tom Tiffany ran a tourism well, boat. Well, and most before, of it is know, even off the campaign books, Kirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Independent expenditures. So, right. Yeah. Well, right. super PAC dollars. Let's <laughs> yeah, be critical there, Sarah. Can, let's pile on. <laughs> no, we call ourselves we dark. win first to change the rules is, you know, what I basically come to peace with is, you know, get in and fight and then, you know, change the rules. But Lon, let me ask you this question. It would seem to me that for these businesses, a robust economy, you know, for example, taking the Medicaid expansion and fusing those billions of dollars into Wisconsin's economy would benefit their business. So is it that they're short sighted? Is it that, you know, it takes time and effort to sort of figure out the macro implications of policy? Why the disconnect? I mean, it seems like they're shooting their business in the foot, even if it means they get to go hang out with Tom Tiffany for the night. Well, um, there's there's a little bit of what I'm going to call, you know, political religion here in that, you know, um, now we're, we're uh, often so partisan that sort of our faith based 
uh, belief. And particularly, I found my experience in working with the business community in Wausau, as well as at the state level, is that a lot of organizations like Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce or the Small Business Administration, they put out the paper uh, or the policy or the position paper or the lobbying information, and they then um, uh, persuade or provide these business leaders uh, with the information then to go to talk to their legislators and they get them into the room on their issues and with uh, their talking points. And again, I don't want to disparage business leaders. I mean, I kind of was one. I mean, we ran a corporation and, and we did well and I needed to uh, pay attention to our needs too as a business. But for the most part, they're focused on their business interests rather narrowly. And suddenly, you know, some, um, you know, the Small Business Administration comes in and says, oh, you know, uh, you know, Tom Tiffany will keep your property taxes low and he's going to make sure you don't uh, have to uh, put in new air uh, control, air quality control equipment. If, and so we'd like you to meet with him and tell him that. And the business person, you know, they, they do that. They go to the yeah. office and, oh, here's a contributor, uh, Representative Tiffany. Uh, and you'd like to meet with him. Of course I would. What's how much? <laughs> yeah. How much? Yeah, how much? How much? Right. How much is your right. check? So, so yeah. So, so this is how it, it went down with me. When we published this stuff the first time, um, I, I reached out to the president of Incredible Bank, uh, the because uh, the guy actually came and drank beer at the brew company because he had a house in Minocqua uh, when he was on vacation. And I was like, guys, I don't want to put your name on this graph. And I actually want to keep my money in your bank because it's a pain in my butt to like have to change my banks. But but I have to talk. I mean, do you realize that Tom Tiffany was part of the you know, he didn't he didn't, you know, vote to accept Joe Biden as president. And he like was that guy that, you know, encouraged people to overthrow our government. I mean, are do you do we understand that? Did you did you like look watch the same thing that I watched? And they got back to me and they're like, they're like, they're like, you know, this is not our business. This is our president, and this is our, you know, it's our entire management team. And they're like, we have the right to do whatever we want to do. And if you don't like that, you could, you know, they weren't, they weren't going to talk to me. So then I came up with this thing. And so like the ultimate, the ultimate, you know, thing that I have is, is you guys knew, you guys now know that, that somebody is shining a light on your personal donations. And so I wanted to ask Elon, like, do you think we're doing the right thing? I mean, I want to put pressure on these guys. I told people to take their money out of incredible bank. Uh, it, unless they pledge never to donate to Tom Tiffany again. Is that mean of us to do? Or what do you what do you well, think? I want to, you know, if I might read a short quote from a mentor and someone that I just hold in high regard, and that is Representative Liz Cheney. Who said, <laughs> who, who said this yesterday? I mean, yesterday, this is this is news, you know, news current. Right, And here's what she said to reinforce your point. And then I'll try to answer your question. In this time of testing, will we do our duty? Will we do what we must? Will we defend our constitution? Will we stand for truth? Will we put duty to our oath above partisan politics? 
or will we look away from the danger, ignore the threat, embrace the lies and enable the liar? There is no gray area when it comes to that question. When it comes to this moment, there is no middle ground. So on your point, to be brief, which is not my forte, <laughs> but you know, to, to be brief, I would say these business individuals certainly have a right to contribute. The public certainly has the right to know what these public political contributions are. And in this time, there is no middle ground. So you're free to express your opinion. And, um, and uh, I think you're quite right that, look, how can you contribute to somebody who supported? I mean, here's, there's irony here, Sarah. There's irony here. So here's one of the 104 congressmen who signed on to the Texas lawsuit to overturn Wisconsin's vote, which is the one that elected him. Okay, okay. Thank. I got to cut you off. We got to go to a commercial. Thanks so much, Lon. When we come back, we're going to talk to executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, Mark Rothschild, about uh, how, money, how money and politics has changed Wisconsin. Lon, you're the best. I really appreciate you being on with us tonight. Thank Thanks you so for much. having me. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on MTV. I ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and you choose free. Welcome back to The Cabin. This is Up North Podcast, heard live on Wednesday nights on the radio and on the weekends, wherever you find your favorite Wisconsin podcast. I'm Sarah Yakub, along with Kirk Bangstad and Pat Kreitlow. We'll be back next week. Our next guest is Matt Rothschild, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. Founded in 1995, the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign is a nonprofit, nonpartisan watchdog group dedicated to clean government, where people matter more than money. They track money in politics on their unique public database, and they advocate for campaign finance reform and other policies that will make democracy stronger in Wisconsin. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for being with us. Oh, my pleasure, Sarah. It's great to be on. All right, Matt. So we kept Lon on because because he he knows more than he knows more than Sarah and I do, and to be you and Lon together just uh, is 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 blowing my own brain up here. But um, so Lon's going to stick with us. He just he just was on the last segment talking about kind of what's happening in the Wausau area. That's that's most of the bigger dollars going to uh, Congressman Tom Tiffany after you know he 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 voted against accepting Biden as our president and he said all the things to help foment an insurrection against our country. Um, we kind of talked about the more local stuff in Wausau, but I kind of we have a you know our listenership right now is in Madison and, and we're broadcasting this whole podcast up to northern Wisconsin this weekend. I wanted to get you to you know kind of lay the groundwork on when things started changing in Wisconsin due to big money in politics. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit of history and then tell us where we are now and what you know what you think should be done to to rein that in. Well, there are a couple of key dates. One is 2010, which was the uh, year of the Citizens United decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that said corporations and other groups can spend unlimited amounts of money uh, to try to get this person elected or that person defeated. 
and super rich people could form their own super PACs and do the same thing so long as they're not coordinating with the candidates. So that was one uh, big date. Another was 2014 when the US Supreme Court and the McCutcheon decision said, there's no limit as to how much super rich people can spend on races on an aggregate basis. Uh, and then the next big date was 2015 when the Wisconsin legislature, the Republicans in the Wisconsin legislature, let's be clear, totally rewrote our campaign finance law and let corporations for the first time in a hundred years give directly to political parties and then to those legislative campaign committees that the leaders in the Capitol run like Voss and Lemahue. And uh, they also uh, tore down the limits that super rich people could uh, give to political parties. The de facto limit before 2015 was, uh, if you're rich, the most you could give to any political party is $10,000. Well, right now there's no limit whatsoever. So super rich people can give unlimited amounts to political parties, and then those political parties can give to the candidate. Uh, also, uh, there were decisions both by the U.S. Supreme Court and the Wisconsin Supreme Court that let outside groups have just an enormous amount of influence. Right now, if you're a so-called issue advocacy group in Wisconsin, uh, you can give unlimited amounts of money on air uh, to say, you know, if I'm running for governor, for instance, you could run an ad, say, call Matt Rothschild and tell him to start, uh, stop being such a crook. Here's his number, 608, whatever. And they don't have to disclose who their donors are. So if my opponent has a billionaire friend, uh, you know, the, the most my opponent who's running for governor against me uh, could get from his billionaire friend is $20,000, which is a ton of money. I mean, who right off the bat, who can write a check for 20 grand? But, uh, you know, the billionaire friend of my opponent could also give, you know, $200,000 or $2 million or $20 million to this outside group that's running the ads saying, you know, Rothschild's a crook, give him this call at 608, whatever. So that's a huge end around, amount, uh, around uh, the limits that we should be able to require that people uh, abide by so as there is not direct corruption because my billionaire friend's going to get a lot of favors from his favorite candidate who beats me for governor. And also it's an end around disclosure because those outside issue advocacy groups don't have to disclose, uh, you know, a single dollar that they get from my opponent's billionaire friend. So that's kind of crazy. Got it. So, so, you know, by the way, we're a super PAC. You're talking to uh, Sarah is the executive director of the Monaco Brewing Company super PAC. And, and I founded the Monaco. So I am that dark money that you're talking about. I call it dark money meant for good. Um, 5% all my profits go to the super PAC and we've ra we raised about 400,000 bucks. Um, so I am that guy who can say, who can, and I, and I, we've done it, you know, we've run negative issue ads against Republicans who have, um, you know, who have put out, who have cheated on gerrymandering and we bought and Sarah pays the money for the radio ads uh, say, you know, and she made some of the ads and she said, these guys are lying to you. And so call them, call their offices. So we've, we've done the exact scenario that you're talking about. And there is, uh, we've, and we have a lawyer and he tells us what the law is. And there's, there's basically no limit. As long as we don't actively give to another candidate uh, or coordinate with them, we can spend as much money as we can raise and, and, and want. So, so uh, we're validating that on the dark, shady side of the world that everything you said is exactly true. <clears throat> So, I know I hear your ads on 92.7, Kirk. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice man. So, so that's so that's that. So, I'd like to get your opinion because we've been official. We've never officially met. Um, I've heard a lot of wonderful things about you, but we just came up with this idea to because of Citizens United. Our thoughts were: listen, if they're gonna, if the Supreme Court's gonna say that that companies are people and and they can spend money like people on 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 campaigns and then the people who actually run those companies you know should be linked to those companies if they're donating lots of money to especially to a one of the, the insurrection the sedition caucus tom tiffany so we aggregated like just for example incredible bank the nick klaus family like you, you know they you know the dad and the, the wife and the 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 two brothers and their two wives, and they've all donated their, you know, $2,700, which is like the, you know, the pre-primary number that you can donate or something, or the, the maxed out number. We added them together. We got over $11,000 in the last six months. We put that all under the category of Incredible Bank. And we said, Incredible Bank is actually donating this money or aggregated through the owners. And if you don't like that, you should call them. And you should tell them that you're going to take your money out of Incredible Bank because they're supporting a guy who's a traitor to our country. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts on what do you think that's going to work, whether you think that's a good idea. What do you think? I think it's a really good idea. People should uh, know who's financing these, you know, Trump terrorists and apologists for these Trump terrorists and these people who don't want to abide by our democracy. And if there are corporation, if high officials in these local corporations are doing that kind of funding, the people who have been uh, patronizing that company should take their money elsewhere, vote with their wallets. I, and, and Sarah, I'd love for you to jump in because you have a lot of thoughts on this as well, but I agree wholeheartedly. I think we are in, the laws are now so backwards and are, they're so loosey goosey, especially now that I've, I'm on the super PAC side of things and I can see how it works. Uh, I think the only way that the middle class or the, the fading middle class can do anything uh, is is to vote with your pocketbooks when when these corporations are funneling money into these guys. What do you well, think, Sarah? I, I mean, the amount of deception is just shocking. So the last uh, round of elections here in Hudson, we had a group called Hope for Hudson. It was started and funded by a guy who was the treasurer for something like 80 far right wing super PACs. And he happens to be a Hudson native because God has a funny sense of humor. And they sold themselves as nonpartisan, uh, part of the community, and they had commercials, and it was all a load of baloney. But when you have that much money to market and to create a brand and to attack your target or to bolster up whoever it is, you know, you want to get elected, you know, that that's powerful. And people don't want to believe that the politician that they like or voted for is lying to them. So, you know, trying to get these conversations going now, but, you know, we're small, small towns, small businesses, and there's a part of me that feels, you know, awful that we're, you know, potentially having an effect on these businesses. But at the end of the day, if we're a community of personal responsibility, you know, shouldn't we step up and embrace that person, you know, put your money where your mouth is and take responsibility in your ownership. But, you know, Matt, what do you, what else can we do to try to push back on this Citizen United and all the other cases that followed that have really just dumped onto our democracy? Well, I think you're doing absolutely the right thing. I mean, I don't think people should should uh, uh, buy uh, Uline goods because the Eline family or the Uline family are the biggest funders of right-wing candidates all across the country. I don't like to get gas at Quick Trip. 
because Quick Trip has been a big supporter of Walker and then has been, uh, been a big supporter of Trump. And I think if people knew, you know, who was funding these folks, uh, they might take their money elsewhere, as I think they should. So, Matt, um, and then Lon, I want I want to have you weigh in on this in a second if you if you want to ask Matt a question. But um, my question is: so I ran for Congress. It was the worst decision I ever made. Uh, Pat Kreitlow did also, and he he's not on the show. But uh, I was told, you know, by the way, campaign consultants you pay them a lot of money, and 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 they tell you the worst, uh, the worst stuff. They, they it's, it's the biggest sinkhole. But I was told over and over and over again that. You can't make campaign finance an issue because everyone starts the eye, their eyes start rolling to the back of their heads. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't talk about because nobody wants nobody's nobody's going to vote passionately about campaign finance reform. And I was like, but I, that's that's I, that's all I want to talk about because I know that that's the root of all evil. So yeah, like you wrote a book, like how, like how do we change this? Because politicians are not talking about this stuff enough, and it is the root of all evil in politics. Well, you know, I think at some point uh, people will vote on these issues. Like a while ago, people didn't think anyone would take seriously enough the issue of gerrymandering. Uh, and yet there's so there's been such a grassroots movement to ban gerrymandering in Wisconsin that people really are motivated on that issue. And I think we need to do the same thing on this campaign finance issue. And and Senator Chris Larson has been uh, doing a lot of work on it uh, down in Milwaukee and has a campaign finance reform package that he's introduced. It's not going anywhere because guess what? The Republicans <laughs> dominate the legislature and they're doing well with the campaign finance rules that they wrote for themselves. So uh, it, part of it is just building up public awareness, though, of the of the scam that is our campaign finance law right now and who's responsible for that scam. So I think we can build that movement. Right now, the biggest mass movement in the state is, is to ban gerrymandering, and they're ignoring us on that as we speak right now in Madison. But we can uh, still make a lot of noise, and hopefully the courts will come out with a better map than, than Robin Voss did. I mean, Robin Voss, I was at that hearing last week where he confessed on the stand that he did try to distort the maps to help Republicans. I mean, he gave up the whole game right there. But he did get Shannon Zimmerman into his district. They cut out a little piece of Clifton so he can stop committing voter and election fraud. So go, Shannon, go. Yeah, he helped him out there. <laughs> Lon, what do you have? To, what do you got, Lon? Give me, give us I, some love here. I just have because I'm, I'm old and cynical and sour, and I just want to say two words: Russ Feingold. Now, Russ Feingold was a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. I worked with him in the Capitol and that Matt, probably you and I go back that far to 83 and back in there. And, you know, Russ was very, very principled on fine and did remarkable things at the federal level that have now been gutted, you know, but, but I think we can be too principled here. I think we have to fight both in the sense of money and 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 on the uh, on the ground of principle, and you can't let let either one go. Well, I, you know, I'm a competitive person, and you know, I don't like to uh, start at a disadvantage. 
but I, I'm also, you know, I believe in good government. I believe in people knowing where the money's coming from. And, and so, you know, that's one of the changes I want to see and we want to see in campaign finance reform. But, you know, I do think people need to, when they're in a race, fight real hard. And, you know, I'm a Russ Feingold fan too, but I just think he could have fought a little harder the last time around. I think he thought he was going to win because it was an election year, presidential election year, and couldn't believe that a majority of people in an election year who are turning out to vote are going to go for the fool we have representing us on the Republican side in the U.S. Senate. Yeah. All right. And I do. I, I wanted to say that I, I came up and I uh, played music for the fair elections folks in Hudson there, Sarah, which is really fun. I really enjoyed that and uh, got together with the guy who played lead guitar for us 50 years ago, Kirk. So you should have been there. <laughs> but I think you're right, Matt. I wanted to say on the on the gerrymandering on the fair elections. I mean, that's that and the ability to vote and have your vote counted is is the fundamental thing we've got to fight for. Maybe we can win that on principle. You know, they want to take that away, though, right now. I mean, there was a hearing today in the Capitol. I was watching it uh, on Wisconsin. I Gableman was there testifying and just uh, it was an outrageous hearing. It was supposed to be a public hearing, but it was uh, Branchin who called the hearing and had only two people that crazy Racine Sheriff and then Gableman himself, who wouldn't even disclose the names and the qualifications of the people that he's hired to do this so-called uh, investigation, which I call a fishing expedition. I mean, it was just outrageous. All right, so we got about a minute and a half left. Um, other than us calling out corporations to uh, you know to, who, whose executives are donating money, Matt, what are the for people listening, so this is getting beamed like the Madisonians hear about this all the time. That's those are our live audience. But this, this for purposes of podcast is to give a different a different set of news and, and, and progressive stuff to people in northern Wisconsin. So what can the average voter citizen do when it comes to campaign finance reform? Is there is one of the 12 steps in your book that you could, you could give them give them some shed some light on this? Well, we need to demand full campaign finance reform. We need to uh, demand that our community support a resolution that says we should overturn the Citizens United decision. I think that's going to happen uh, sometime in the next 10 years or so. Uh, but also they should pay attention who, to who's paying for their ads. I mean, you were mentioning Tiffany, he got a ton of money from the American Federation for Children and Americans for Prosperity over the last few years. I mean, and these are right wing groups. Uh, they're national groups. They've got nothing to do with Wisconsin. They've got no loyalty to Wisconsin, uh, and they're throwing money at us. Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it. We have got to cut the commercial, but your knowledge is, uh, is so pivotal for us to get back on track in Wisconsin. So thank you so well, much. Well, I really appreciate all you're doing. It's great to be on your show. Hope to do it again sometime. All right, so life is a highway. We just heard that song, and that leads us to our last section. Uh, we talked about campaign finance reform, but we're finally talking about something good, which is this awesome infrastructure bill that just got passed uh, by the House of Representatives, and it's going to be signed by Biden. If it hasn't been already, I don't know. And uh, Sarah, you asked, you wanted to talk about this because you had a lot of thoughts. So, so. Yeah. Lay it on, lay it on us. 
So, okay, before we dive into all the cool things this means for Wisconsin, taking a step back, looking at, you know, the 20,000, you know, mile view, we heard through the Trump presidency this idea of America first. Now, assuming that's not just the nod of the tip of the hat to white supremacy, because that was the slogan on the KKK coins, assuming that's actually an interest in investing American tax dollars in our people and our country, it would seem to me that we would be really happy and unified that we're spending our federal tax dollars in our states. Uh, so Wisconsin in particular, stands to get $5.2 billion for our roads, $592 million for public transit, $225 million for bridges, $100 million for broadband, $79 million for EV car charging for electric vehicles. And, you know, this idea that people are opposed to investing in our community is shocking. I mean, Tom Tiffany voted no. So he's okay with sending money to foreign countries. He's okay with sending money to billionaires or corporations that pay no taxes. But when it comes time to use our tax dollars on our infrastructure, he says no. And so I'm having trouble reconciling this, you know, America first, invest in our people. Wait, 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 no, 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 don't send that money here. And then last thought, we've got billions of dollars of federal funds that could come into our state for the Medicaid expansion. And the same Republicans are saying, no, 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 send that money to Kentucky. We don't need it. Or that's just silly. Who turns down federal aid? No one. Oh, you got, you just, you just started that. What, what's not a Charlie horse. It's what's, what's the horse that we all get on when Medicaid expansion. I mean, it's another thing that we've been talking about for 10 years. It's like, it's like we're one of we're the only Midwestern state now. Uh, we're surrounded by everybody else in the Midwest has taken those Medicare dollars. I think there's only five states or like nine left in the union, and they're all Southern Republican states that have yet to take this free money to help the middle class and the poor, and well, we're not taking it. And it's it's the same thing because infrastructure and medic you know Medicaid dollars. It's it's stuff that helps the the whole, not the elite who can who can afford to not ever have to take a road if they don't want to. You know, they can afford to just fly for everywhere they want to go. So this stuff is actually for the middle class and the poor, and 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 these guys are voting against it. Well, Long but then the the issue of the values of so Lon, you you did tremendous work for women's reproductive health. If we are a state where we value life and that's what the republicans who control this place want us to believe don't you want pregnant women to have health care don't you want babies to have access to health care that is how we have we allow people the freedom to choose life they're not going bankrupt they're not dying they have the access to the resources they need to have babies safely and so for these republican politicians to say no we're, we're not going to do that um for our working families is just completely asinine. And how can you expect women to birth children without that societal support? Lon, you got you got 45 seconds to give us all the wisdom you have. <laughs> well, this infrastructure bill, I think what, you know, to put it in a, in a core message, this is about working people and working families. I mean, Medicaid 
is already serving the poor. The expansion really reaches out and expands beyond that. And so, of course, uh, child care, all these things that would have been, should have been, could have been included to support American families and Wisconsin families are what the Biden administration is trying to accomplish. But, but so that's coming. I think we're going to be able to do that. But the, but the main thing now, this infrastructure bill, as it has passed, it will give working people jobs, good jobs, union jobs, and uh, those are the kinds of jobs with benefits, which helps families, you know, have children, raise children, better education, those, those kinds of issues. So I think we're on the road. It's just an awfully slow slog. We're sort of in this muddy. Lon, and that's a slog for our end of our show. Thank you so much, Lon. Thank, Thank you. you. So much. We're here from the cabin. We'll see you next week at seven o'clock. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs>